Hi there, welcome to episode 152. And today we're talking about the fear of underparenting. You are listening to the Simple Families Podcast, a Q&A style show that brings you solutions for living well with family. Here's your host, Danae Barahona. Hi there, it's Danae. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 150. And today we're talking about the fear of underparenting. On the podcast and on the blog and in my book, I talk a lot about our tendency to overparent, to want to do everything and want to be everywhere. But I also want to go into a little bit more detail and explore this idea of the fact that when we're overparenting, we're often running away from something. And that is the fear of underparenting or the fear of not doing enough. And that fear really drives us to do more. And not only do we end up overwhelmed, but it doesn't actually serve our kids well at all. So I believe this is a multifaceted issue that we can approach from many different directions. And today, I just want to tackle one component of it. That is the fear of underparenting as it pertains to disciplining our kids. I hear from parents all the time that they don't want to let their kids get away with things. They want to make sure that they're disciplining them. And when I hear that, that often tells me that they want to make sure that they're giving the appropriate amount of consequences to their children when their children, quote unquote, misbehave. Before we get into today's episode, here's a quick word from our sponsor. The sponsor for today is PrepDish. And of course, if you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, you've probably heard these ads for PrepDish before because I love PrepDish and I'm a huge supporter. Something new that they're adding for 2019 is a keto plan. Now, if you're not familiar with PrepDish, it's a meal planning service, and each week they send you a menu of meals to cook. They have a paleo option, a gluten-free option, and now a keto option. These come in three parts. So there's an ingredient list for shopping. There's a prep day list for all the work that you need to do on one day in advance of the week, and then a meal day list, which tells you how to do the last minute preparations for all the meals. If your kids have any bit of a witching hour in the evenings, or if evenings are just generally a hard time because you're tired and they're tired and executing a meal just sounds impossible, PrepDish is an awesome solution. I encourage you to give it a try. Go to PrepDish.com forward slash families. Again, that's PrepDish.com forward slash families, and you'll get two weeks free. I'd like to take a minute to feature this week's listener spotlight. So this testimonial came from Stephanie, and Stephanie wrote a little bit about her experience with Simple Families. If you're feeling impatient, if you're feeling bogged down, if you're feeling completely overwhelmed by motherhood and spending your days waiting until bedtime to be able to catch your breath, then Simple Families is for you. I needed to let go of so much more than the stuff. I can't remember how I found Simple Families, but now I know several years later when I'm expecting my second that I feel so much more confident in my mothering abilities. And I'm enjoying motherhood in a way I never would have imagined I could as a new mom three years ago. Yes, Danae has helped us let go of the physical stuff, which has lightened the load in a way that I can't put into words. But more than that, Simple Families offers a mindset shift. I'm not a particularly excitable or playful person, but now I'm a mom that's on the floor with my son, playing with him and enjoying it instead of running through a mental list of all the things I need to take care of. Danae presents evidence-based information in such a concise and brilliant way. I'm a happier mom. I'm a calmer mom. I'm a more patient mom. So do yourself a favor and join this life-changing community. And to Danae, 
Thank you. Thank you for these kind words, Stephanie, and it has been a pleasure to get to know you through the programs that you've done over the past couple of years and to see the growth and the work that you've put into it. I appreciate you. So back to our discussion on the fear of underparenting, and this is a topic that I would like to explore more in the coming weeks than in the coming months. So when we talk about the fear of underparenting as it pertains to discipline, it usually means that we're afraid we're not intervening enough and we're not doing enough to teach our children right from wrong. Before we get into this, I want to tell you a little bit about my background and where I formed my perspective on this. So my master's degree is in clinical social work. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. And after I finished graduate school, I worked for several years as a child and family therapist. A lot of what I did was behavior management. I spent many years working with parents. I was always working to put myself out of a job. So instead of being that go-to person where they came to once a week and dropped their kid off, I wanted the parents to be able to take on the task and solve the problems and have the solutions themselves, because I truly believe that every parent has those solutions inside of them. Sometimes they just need some tips and some tools and tricks. So much of this work was focused on very traditional behaviorist techniques. So a lot of rewards and consequences, a lot of things that are commonly used in schools. I'd call this an old school approach to child behavior. I did a postgraduate specialization in the behavior analysis of childhood and became very adept at dishing out consequences and reward systems. You could give me any misbehavior in the world and I could develop a complex, efficient, and effective plan to change that behavior. So I remember that I was working under a supervisor and he handed me an article that he felt was really important for me to read. And the title of the article was An Age Irrelevant Concept of Development. So this is a concept of development that says we can teach a child anything at any age. We can mold them into anything that we want. We can change any behavior. And learning and growth wasn't dependent on age. It was dependent on the sequence of events. So we could teach a kid of any age anything. When you're looking at the debate of nature versus nurture, this approach is heavily, heavily on nurture. There's very little regard given to nature or innate capacities of a child. More or less, there's this idea that a child is born a blank slate and you can mold them and turn them into whatever you want them to be. So I was about 27 years old when my supervisor handed me this document, this concept of the age irrelevant concept of development and told me to read it and study it and understand it and adapt it. I didn't have kids yet, but I immediately knew that it wasn't right for me. I immediately knew that it did not give the due respect that a child deserves. So that's what compelled me to go back to get my PhD. So I then went back and did my PhD in child development. Because I, like most modern theorists and most modern practitioners, believe that children are not born a blank slate. And they are not meant to be molded and changed into exactly what we want them to be at any certain time. And that's not even our job as parents. So here's why I'm telling you this. I have this skill set of understanding behavioral modification techniques, implementing effective reward and consequence systems, and I choose not to use this skill set about 90% of the time with my kids. And it's not because I'm lazy. It's because I don't believe that it is in the best interest of a developing child. I say this heavily based on my own mom instinct 
and knowing that these types of systems don't feel right when used with my own kids. But I also say it based on a heck of a lot of research that shows using extrinsic reward systems and punishment systems aren't good for the emotional and mental well-being of our kids. They're often effective in the moment. Well, I shouldn't even say often. Sometimes they're effective in the moment, but they don't have a long-term impact on our children's behavior. And when it comes to our kids, we need to play the long game. The vast majority of the time, we need to stay focused on the big picture. And what that looks like for us is focusing on building a relationship. My husband has this analogy that intentional parenting is like exercise. Even though you know how to do it, you don't always feel like doing it. Sometimes you just want to sit on the sofa and eat ice cream. So if intentional positive parenting is like exercise, then your bond and relationship with your child is the core work. You know that you need a strong core. If you don't have a strong core, the rest of your body is going to be unbalanced and weak. So my primary focus in building positive behavior for my children in the years to come is unconditional love and building this strong core foundational relationship with them. And a lot of times that looks like letting go of little behaviors, letting go of things that I find annoying and letting my kids make mistakes. Now, don't get me wrong. I think it's really important to play the short game on this too. There's definitely tools and strategies that I use day in and day out that help my days run more smoothly. If you haven't done the cooperation mini course, it's a free five-day, five-minute course to get your kids to cooperate. I highly recommend that. You can find that at simplefamilies.com forward slash cooperation. That will give you an idea of some of the tricks and tools that I like to use that are very positive and encouraging and motivating. So I know what you're thinking. How do you know what type of behaviors you should try to change and what you should let go of? So I explained to you that I used to be a behaviorist and a behaviorist believes that you can use rewards and consequences to change any behavior in a child. The other extreme on that would be a maturationist and that's someone who believes that children mature or they grow out of everything. I'm in the middle. I'm an interactionist. So I believe that there are some behaviors that we need to change and we can try to change and mold. And there are some that we can let our kids grow out of. And when we feel like we're not doing anything and we're not intervening and not dishing out a consequence, it doesn't mean that we're not making an impact. The main impact that we make on our kids to teach them good behavior is to model good behavior ourselves. One key way that this comes into play, a perfect example is when my kid screams at me in the face. And this is a real trigger for a lot of people. When your child comes up and screams in your face, you're going to feel inclined to scream back. I've heard parents do this before. The child screams in their face and the parent gets really heightened and escalated, understandably so, and screams back, don't scream at me. So think about the irony in this, that you're trying to teach your child not to scream and you're screaming at them. If we want to teach our kids to do better, then we've got to show them better. Instead of telling them what not to do, we have to tell them what we want them to do instead. We have to show them what we want them to do. And a lot of times we show it through modeling of our own emotions and our own behaviors. Discipline is truly about teaching and young children are not blank slates, but they have a lot to learn and they have a lot to learn about society's expectations of behavior. 
So when they're not behaving in the way that we expect or the way that we want them to, we shouldn't assume that they're being bad. Instead, we should assume that there's a deficit of knowledge, that they're still learning. And think about it as a teachable moment, an opportunity to teach a new skill. Misbehaviors are most often a knowledge gap. And even when we think our child has learned a new skill or shows that they are capable of problem solving, it doesn't mean that they're always going to do it. Just because they know better doesn't mean that they're always going to do better. Sometimes it's hard to do better. If they're tired or if they're hungry, they might have a harder time asking politely for things or waiting patiently. I'm always hesitant when a parent tells me that they've been using certain consequences or some sort of system to change behavior and it's not working. And that always makes it sound like when you say something isn't working, that you've tried it and it doesn't work, so you quit. And child behavior isn't like that. It's a slow and steady process. You can't just turn behaviors on and off like a light switch. When you're trying to make change and you're trying to improve behavior in your children, it's going to take time. And we should always be looking for progress over perfection. So I will tell you that I have found so much happiness in parenting when I let go of this notion that I needed to use some sort of rewards and consequences and I needed to react and have a response to every single little indiscretion that my children display. I let go of that and I instead prioritize what matters the most. And that is making sure that my kids are safe and that they are being respected and they are respecting other people and respecting our belongings. If you're interested in using some traditional techniques like timeout, I encourage you go to episode 113. That's simplefamilies.com forward slash episode 113. And I go into great detail about what timeout is, how to use it effectively, and why I rarely use it. There are times when I pull from my old school rewarding consequence systems, but it's rare and often very unnecessary. And I want to tell you, if you've ever had this fear of underparenting, if you've ever worried that you're not doing enough, rest assured you're doing plenty. The very best thing that you can do to build a relationship with your child is give them unconditional love. Model a calm, warm, balanced approach to problem solving. Discipline is about teaching, not dishing out consequences. And you are teaching your child every day, every minute. They're always watching you. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is a topic that I want to go deeper on and I want to explore more. I want to hear from you. Let me know your questions on underparenting and different ways that you've experienced this phenomena. Leave your comments and questions in the show notes at simplefamilies.com forward slash episode 152. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating or review in iTunes. This helps the show to reach more people and your support is greatly appreciated.